This is the Video Nasties A through Z with Death by DVD. Snuff and SS Experiment Camp. Whoa! So this is Radio Land, huh? The Infinite Turtle, the, the waves through the ether fuzz roll on forever. Roar! This is the Video Nasties A through Z with Death by DVD. I am Harry Scott Sullivan, and with me, he is returning from Florida. He just got a testicle transplant. It's I, Alexander Nash. What? Where do I go with that? Where do I go with that intro? I'm tying. <laughs> I'm tying it into the movies. You know, it's <laughs> all right. Is this where I start talking about Nazi death camps? I don't... <laughs> we have such a fun night. You know, I thought we'd start with a little testicle humor. That's the show. That's it, yep. That's the end of it. <laughs> That's rough city, bud. There might be some editing at the beginning of this. <laughs> Can you believe that we are going to talk about Nazi movies again, again, on Death by DVD? It never ends on the stupid fucking nasties list. I mean, I've always been somewhat fascinated by it over the years, but like once you get into it and you're really having to like sit down and discuss each and every one in depth, you get to the point to where it's just like, not please, not another one of these fuckers. Like it's fun, like not the demon. Hey, it's kind of fun to talk about that, but like, you know, Jesus, another stupid fucking nasty nazi fucking shit yeah i mean when it's it's just franco or joe diamato there's some fun that we can have there's at least something that you can take from the movies but yeah i don't know if i've said this on any of the episodes that we've unfortunately had to discuss nazi exploitation films but i genuinely don't have like there's not one i kind of like or i think is like there's some that i i can admit and say sure it's an okay movie. There's some stuff that you've got in it. I think we both can agree Beast and Heat's probably the best on the nasty list. But I just don't think there's a single, no matter who did it, I don't care who did it, Nazi exploitation film that I, I, I like, that I enjoy watching, that I have a good time watching. No, I, I, just not, I don't want to re-watch any of these fucking things. Okay, you watch it once, some of them, be like completely and utterly just like, oh, wow, I can't believe they made stuff like this. And others... You sit there and just stare and go, Christ, this is fucking boring. And they're all the same. They all have the same basic plots with mild variations. And it's just like another fucking one of these. And, you know, the fucked up thing is that for the most part, the movies aren't particularly overtly offensive, aside from the fact that they're making complete and absolute light of atrocities that happened during World War II. But it's that they're fucking boring. All of the movies are really, really dull. The one that we're going to be talking about on this episode probably is the most boring out of all of them. At least, like, Love Camp 7 has a fucking story, even though it's a really bad one. The entire point of the following film's story is this Nazi officer lost one of his balls and he can't fuck anymore because a Russian hooker bit his balls off and he tricks another Nazi officer into a testicle transplant, a testicular transplant. That sounds even better. That's got a little nice ring to it. Into a testicular transplant. It's a trick. And then the guy realizes his dick no longer works. 
So the Jewish girl that's been in the concentration camp, he's been raping. He can no longer continue raping and goes on a mad frenzy, kills all the guys, and then gets killed himself. That's it. Movie's done. We're done. We're out of here. Fuck it. The other movie's snuff. Uh, Good night. Ashtrays full. <laughs> bottles empty. Done. You went a little hard in there real quick. Um, Four minutes. We got this shit. Yes. It's not even the first movie, man. It's like the second movie. Fuck. We gotta talk about snuff first, which is a whole nother can of fucking boring ass worms sorry my grip on the alphabet isn't as firm as i thought it was yes yeah, snuff is first from 1975 fuck it i can power through that one we could get out of here in 10 minutes and go get a taco uh- <laughs> well okay snuff itself as a film there's some things we can actually talk like not much we can talk about the movie itself but we can talk about its pedigree we can talk about the makers of the film there's there's some historic notes to it that we can actually discuss but, like, talking about the film in itself and its plot is pointless. Yeah, I mean, that's, again, that's something we could do in, like, three minutes. It's it's a makeshift Manson family movie that is also playing off the likes of something like Dennis Hopper's Easy Rider. The whole, the beginning of the movie is the most Easy Rider-ish thing. So it's Easy Rider. Not only Rider. that, it's, it's, they, like, use a sound-alike for um, Born to be Wild through the entire movie. Instead of the bass line that kicks in, that like, doom, 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 the whole movie, you've just got the bump, 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 and that's the movie. It's a bunch of scantily clad women that ride around on fucking motorcycles, occasionally people die, and that goddamn song plays the whole way through. But it takes place in Argentina. Where life is See, cheap. you missed that part, and they all worship a guy named Satan, spelled Satan. And he he does have some like some interesting dialogue. I do enjoy like the um, we'll do it after the carnival. That's a pretty good little line of dialogue just for the way he expresses the line, as well as usually when he's talking to the followers and he just says some incredibly stupid shit. But I don't know. His performance kind of cracks me up at times, but it's fucking boring. It reminds me, I mean, it's like a very, it's hard, It's funnier to say a cheaper version, but it's like a cheaper version of I Eat Your Flesh, and it lacks any of the charisma that it's that movie has. It's a cheaper version of a lot of Al Adamson biker movies from the 60s even, which is, I mean, those were already pretty fucking cheap, and this one's even cheaper. Yeah, Larry Bishop somehow is not in this movie, but it's one of those things that you really think he could have been in, he might have been in. Uh, I, the interesting thing, and I guess the pedigree, as, as you had, had referred to it as with this film, is the fact that we love talking about movies that are, are acquired or Frankenstein together, and this is one of those films, that it existed as something else. I, I think it's dubious if the movie, under its original title... Well, Frankenstein would indicate that it's patched together a lot of other things. Frankenstein only in the fact that if you t- took a corpse and sewed a new foot on it and called it Frankenstein, because that's really what they did. It's more like the movie lost its pinky toe and they reattached it. Like, that's all. It's like a pink. It's not even a, a full limb that's been attached to this movie. But what was the original title? Was it Slaughter? It was Slaughter, Slaughter or The Slaughter. And the, the Finlays made it. Uh, Michael and Roberta Finlay. I think it's dubious if this movie ever got released. I've read in some... Um, some circles, some people claim that Slaughter did get a very minor release, and many other people say it didn't. I, I'm more inclined to believe that it did not. But Well, with Grindhouse stuff, like you can never really, you have to really search through backlogs of what theaters are showing what, because the distribution system in like the late 60s and the, throughout the 70s was 
really fucked up and crazy because sometimes they got four walled. Sometimes they would just like play at one theater and maybe it didn't get advertised. So it's just, it's hard to find out if stuff like this ever played, but it didn't play in any significant, um, like theaters to the point to people really knew about the film. It just kind of, it might've gotten released at a drive in here and there and just kind of whimpered out like a fart. Like not, nobody ever really paid attention to it until 1975. And at that point, the Fenways, who we'll talk about here in a second, were no longer involved. And that's where you get the famous shit that is this film of attaching an extra like five minute sequence onto the end and really gimmicking the movie out and pretending it's a completely different thing than what it started out as. It's almost offensive. The more you think about it, when you get to the end of the movie, and and we'll get there in a few seconds. The I don't want to spoil it too soon, but the twist at the end is almost aggressively dismissing you as an audience member. You think they bought it, which should have been the name of the film. You think they they're buying this shit? Yeah. The only reason the the movie got that tacked onto it is this fella Alan Shackleton bought the film from the Findlays, and it had sat for years and years and years, and he got it. Just it happens. He got to the point. Um, it reminds me a little bit of Sam Shepard that he he got pissed or Sam Sherman. It's not Sam Shepard. God damn it, <laughs> Sam fucking Samuel M. Sherman. That he he just was determined. I gotta make some money off this fucking stupid piece of shit movie I had. And I'm assuming at some point Alan Shackleton was in the negative or just needed to to justify that he spent. I think he only spent like five thousand dollars on this movie and bought it and just deemed it. There's no fucking way nobody's gonna watch this. And that's that's such a bold, bold thought to have, especially in the era 1974, 1975, when, when they're trying to produce this, because the amount of films that were going on 42nd Street alone that were fucking the worst things, the dumbest things you'd ever seen, porns shot by Abel Ferrara, stuff like that, uh, it had to be considerably bad for this guy to go, no, we got to do something with this. So they end up shooting. He used a longtime porn, a little bit more than porn. I mean, the exploitation, let's just say exploitation uh, filmmaker Simon Nutchturn shot this stuff in like 18 hours, tacks it onto the ending, and I, I just, I don't know how th- this makes it better. I don't, <laughs> like he felt the whole movie was a piece of shit and then goes, you know what though, another 12 minutes on the ending, not so much a piece of shit anymore, but it's the same exact movie, it's unbearable, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> he was able to generate hype off that extra five, six minutes that he tacked on the end because he hired protesters to pro. He read a article and then real protesters showed up. So it, it, it mixed together kind of perfectly. Yeah. Well, I mean, reading cause the myth of the snuff film was sort of like prolificating throughout, um, America in the seventies of like, people are paying to watch murder films. People actually getting murdered on film. So his whole bright idea was let's pretend someone actually got murdered in this film. And that's how I'll get people to go see it. Sadly, it did work. Um, he hired people to play protesters to protest the movie at the theaters. It was playing, um, and actual people showed up and started protesting with them because, Oh, this is violence against women. This is uh, I can't believe you're doing these sorts of things. And, it really kind of started this cultural buzz of, I mean, for God's sakes, the, uh, the subtitle of the film is what is it? Um, it's exactly what you know. That's pieces. This is, yeah, piece, I can't, I get my tagline screwed up. It's um, the one I always remember is shot in Argentina where life is cheap. Warning. 
You are about to see scenes of a film said to be the most controversial in the history of motion pictures. The movie they said could never be shown. In fact, you have read the headlines across the newspapers of this country and the world, and you have heard the news. This is the movie that could only have been made in South America, where life is cheap. It will shock you and astound you. It is not meant for weak hearts or weak stomachs. Because of the highly controversial and violent nature of this movie, we are only able to show you some selected, edited scenes at this time. But the complete, unexpurgated, unedited, uncensored version will be coming soon to this theater. Ladies and gentlemen, the bloodiest thing that ever happened in front of a camera. Snuff. I always thought it was shot in South America, where life is cheap. I don't even think they give you a credential of where it's at, but that that was always what was the big interest for me, where life is cheap. It just makes it sound so indulgent. And this is a, a legacy film, if there ever was one, because it's very different now, and I can't speak upon people exploring and finding genre films for the first time now, but when I was... 15, 16, I, I still am kind of blessed. I lived in a very lucky era that the internet was a little bit more progressive and it was a lot easier to find bootlegs of some of these films. But Snuff was a movie even you had told me about it. It was something everyone above me had, had talked about. And it's almost like an inside joke that when you find someone that hasn't seen Snuff, you got to talk it up. You got to make it sound like it's a twist. It's this fucked up, psychopathic Charlie Manson style movie, man. And they're killing people left and right. And there's naked chicks everywhere. And the ending, oh man, I can't even tell you about the ending because the ending is so shocking. You're not going to believe it. And then you finally sit down and, and watch the film. You find your copy, no matter, you know, you bootleg it, you buy it. Uh, you can buy it from Blue Underground now. But back then, it was a little bit harder in the mid 2000s, early to mid 2000s. And uh, you, you would get about a quarter of the way through the movie and you would start feeling enraged. You know, you'd realize that you'd been duped. You realize that you'd been lied to by everyone. But at the same time, lo and behold, you get to the end of the film and I, I try to rewatch every film that we do on the show uh, the day of recording or the day beforehand. And I watched Snuff twice for this episode and I do have to say I find, despite it being let's say, similar to something like H.G. Lewis, I do find the ending of the film to be pretty fucking effective, very nasty, and kind of panic-inducing. Just the whole thought of what's going on, what's happening to this woman, how uh, seconds ago she was safe and everything was okay, it, it just compacted all upon itself very casually, and it's just this, like... Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, like, we're just going to move over here and, and kill this woman. We're going to cut her hand off, and we're going to reach inside of her guts. And it's just such a friendly, weird display of violence. It makes me very uncomfortable. I find, I find it genuinely upsetting and disgusting. And that makes fucking snuff worth telling people to go see it or to find it just so you can hear... What did did they think that's bullshit? Were they impressed by it? Yada yada yada. It's a legacy. Good thing. luck getting through the first hour of it though, because <laughs> yeah, that fuck. first hour is just dreadful. It is boring. Like and they even happens. like the Fenways even went to the trouble of like 
shooting the rodeo as uh, as it's referred to is they went to some kind of carnival and shot a bunch of Argentinian like in Argentina a bunch of carnival footage to pad out the runtime so like almost nothing happens in the film and unfortunately it just feels like travel log footage though and then when they're not doing that it's just these chicks riding around on their bikes then I don't even know who's sleeping with who or why they're sleeping with each other and and there's this whole Manson kind of angle so you you're working up toward the slaughter you know there's going to be some Tate LaBianca shit that's going to happen at the end of the movie and then when we finally get there it's I still I'm like what the fuck's happening why? <laughs> Why are they doing all this shit? Does it matter? No. It's, but that's that's the whole gimmick of just, oh, you've watched this whole biker, shitty female biker movie, and turns out that was a movie the entire time, but they left the cameras rolling at the end when they actually decided to kill one of the actresses. An actress who in no way was in the original film to begin with. All of a sudden, she's just an actress in the film, and they supposedly kill her in this last five minutes of footage. But it's not like we're following one specific person who's got an arc and their stories being told. It's just a lot of vapid, rapid scenes of violence, and not even particularly good violence at that. Until we get to the end. I'll give, I'll give the end... You know, some jazz hands, because I thought that... I didn't do it right, sorry, some jazz hands. Because that shit, for, for the video version, if you're listening to this, you could be watching this episode on our Patreon, patreon.com slash deathbydvd, find it, pay $4, and you'll see me doing jazz hands. I don't even remember what I was going to say, I had to do a sales pitch, because I'm a whore, I'm sorry. Well, I, like, it, it's a lot like watching um, a guinea pig film at the end, to where... You, if you suspend your disbelief enough, the ending can be somewhat effective. But if you like know the nuts and bolts of filmmaking, it's obvious that all this shit was complete, like bullshit, frankly. And the fact that it like really kind of made the stink that it did at the time that people went into it, people who even saw it. Well, I'm not so sure. It, they could have faked it, but why fake it when you could do it for real or vice versa? So it's just, it was just a gimmick that blew up, um, became a myth in itself, and people have like kept this one alive over the years. It's just not good. And like, I'm just not a fan of the Fenways as filmmakers, particularly like Roberta after her husband was let's just say Vic Morrowed, she continued to be a filmmaker. She still was a cinematographer, and she was a cinematographer on um, on The Slaughter uh, while Michael directed. Um, she went on to direct, uh, let's see what else, mostly in the 80s, she directed Tenement, which is, I think, her best film. She made Lurkers, which is not great. It's kind of bland, but it does have some like effective stuff in it. Um, the Oracle, again, not a great film. Um, she just, I mean... And she made a bunch of porn, like mostly in the late 70s, early 80s. But she's like, I would say she's exploitation royalty at this point, um, especially for being such a prolific cinematographer of that era and being a female uh, in the genre that's like that earns her her stripes. And she is important to the history of the grindhouse and to um, and to exploitation cinema. But she was never particularly involved in anything that was very good at all. Most of the stuff like that she was involved with sucked, but at least she could shoot. She knew like she had a, an eye. She actually knew how to use the camera. 
Um, but the Fenways in general, like before even Michael died, they were just involved in so many shitty productions, just like not so much nudie cuties, but kind of the roughies kind of like juvenile delinquent type films. And it was, this was post like the, you know, the, um, late fifties, early sixties stuff, but the, the, the more amped up version of those things, but the similar kind of concepts they were working with of just like, let's make something that's audacious for the time period. And it just, it's all just so boring and the slaughter is no different. It's just a very boring film that is really trying to like trigger you in a lot of ways. And it just doesn't work on its merits at all. And then to tack the, the new, new footage, 19, 75 new footage on it yeah it made it um have a history i mean it's important now and forever will be um important to the horror genre but still it's just there's so much shit in the horror genre the exploitation genre that is incredibly important to the history of it but it it sucks it's terrible to sit through it's terrible to watch the history of it great let's let's read about it let's learn about it but to like sit and watch it fuck it just feels like such a waste of time and it's, it's, like I was saying, kind of this legacy thing. It's a little bit of a trap. You'll hear about the movie, and even what we're saying will maybe make it sound enticing and interesting, talking about these bikers, and they're fucking, and there's naked people, and this whole Manson family plot. And you're going to sit down, you're going to watch the movie, and you're just going to be shocked by how bland and... Ten minutes in, your phone's coming out, and you're going to be surfing around yeah. on the internet. There's no way you're going to be able to sit there and just pay attention to it. It is that boring. There's just nearly nothing whatsoever that's exciting about the movie. Uh, and and as you were talking about a lot of people that are important to the legacy, a lot of these exploitation, grindhouse horror directors are far more important to more than just that legacy that you could even give, kind of give the Findlay's credit for that you can take this good or bad discovering Yoko Ono before, like, three or four years before she had met John Lennon. She was in a Michael Findlay film as an unknown person, and it kind of pushed her forward into creative arts. And there is no fucking discussion on, oh, Yoko Ono, because for one, I don't give a fuck about her breaking up the Beatles. And here's the thing that will probably piss people off more. A plastic Ono band kind of slaps. I'm sorry. It's kind of good. <laughs> Well, the history of outsider art, um, especially of that era, late 60s throughout the 70s, is I find it incredibly interesting. But again, the um, the actual pieces of art are not very interesting. I mean, it really depends on what we're talking about. And this situation, snuff is, is such a, an intriguing thing because of the history and the time period. And I feel like if we could have existed fantasy-wise in that era, we might have different things to say about the movie, but 40, 50 years later, being able to evaluate, evaluate it, rather, I, it, there's a firm difference of, of what the fright of snuff was and what we have now, because now you can easily get on the internet and find videos that were, were filmed for the intent and purpose of what snuff is, which is making a movie of someone dying for entertainment, but that's not snuff anymore. It's not some company that's doing it the the worry that was existing in the 70s and the 80s was that there were companies and there were people and organizations that were creating these movies and selling them specifically selling like i'm going to get somebody 
to kill them and film it so I yeah. can make money off of it. That's the myth of what a snuff film was back then. Now, I mean, you can just watch murder all goddamn day. Just because day some internet. fucking psycho- psychotic Russian has a hammer and films videos with it doesn't mean that's a snuff film anymore. That's just the psychotic Russian hammer people I'm talking about. I don't remember their names, but those are... People can film anything now, but unfortunately and maybe this is the film fan in me, there are genres and there are specifications to make things fit into those genres, and the, the actuality of snuff existing is little to none. It, it, I firmly don't believe that this progressive film industry of murder truly exists, but that doesn't mean there haven't been movies made for the same purposes and sold to other people. But, I mean, that's like the whole setup of the August Underground films by by Fred Vogel and, and Michael Todd Schneider, Totag Pictures, those fellas, that you just find this tape. It wasn't made for anyone. It wasn't mass-produced. It wasn't commercialized. It was just this tape made and the fright of a company selling murder, like the uh, Masters of Horror John Carpenter episode with Norman Reedus, Cigarette Burns. This, this That's frightening. That idea, that concept of people organizing it with snuff when you get to those last 12 minutes it's not even 12 minutes it's like fucking six maybe eight you really feel the integrity there is some fear behind that and as you uh, astutely pointed out earlier correcting me there was there there was a difference between that that 90 minute bullshit product and then the 90 minutes with six added on because you managed to create something lurid and fascinating that would give this otherwise completely bullshit film a legacy and i think beyond being a video nasty this movie would have survived on that legacy because of the the depiction of violence at the end of the film and that gotcha i think that's the type of gotcha m night Shyamalan fights for in all of his films and it's this is a gotcha this is fucked and it's almost insulting. The movie just ends, no final credits. It's great. I love it. It works that way with somebody going, you got it, right? You got it all on tape, though. And then the film finally stops. But after a few minutes and you sit in this this post-violence, you, you start to reflect upon of, oh, motherfucker. They, all right, they got my 10 bucks. Fuck these assholes. And you're a little annoyed by, by, by the fact that all this just happened. I am at well, least. That's me. And it's also available on a fucking Blu-ray now. So <laughs> like you can really pay out the ass for what is just genuinely a shitty ass movie, but the history of it is so important at this point that it's just I mean, it's presented in startling 4K and like it's just kind of amazing just that myth that it prolificated has made it last throughout the years. It's 2023, and it's still, like, Snuff is still a somewhat important film, even though it's goddamn fucking terrible. Yeah, I'm not I'm not 100, I should have looked this up beforehand, I'm not 100% certain, certain, I can never say that word right, of the availability of this movie, because if you're watching the video version, I can keep pulling that up, I just flashed my copy to the screen, but... I've had my copy for quite some time. I did not buy it for this episode. I actually already had snuff because it is, as we've been discussing, it's a fucking legacy thing. I show people this movie. I suffer through this goddamn film just to watch people's reaction at the end of it. But admittedly, I don't have many friends. So <laughs> it's like once a decade. It's like not many people come over to watch snuff with me, which is a can you believe that? Can you believe that nobody wants to come fucking hang out with me and watch snuff? Uh, see, I'm a little <laughs> bit of a, a different cat because uh, 
if somebody like even came over to my house and I, I did have an available copy, which I don't because I just I don't care for the film whatsoever. <laughs> I would just I would lead them away. Don't no, please don't bother. I will here. Let me tell you the story of what happens. <laughs> I this can is back it. this up. Okay, though. we're done. You never have to see this now. I, I've been sitting in your living room and our friend Chance wanted to watch a movie and suggested death row game show and you went i don't know if that's the type of movie you watch with company <laughs> it was one of the funniest fucking moments i just sat there laughing at both of you like an asshole like ah, i get to see it in action um but yeah no i i show cannibal holocaust on the first date and that's why i'm <laughs> devastatingly alone <laughs> and there there is no second date no never yeah all right you want to you want to read from the tome the book the God, art of the nasty we filled 28 minutes on snuff yeah, we're hitting those fucking moments. I didn't baby. even bring up once that Nicholas Winding Refn is a cunt, and I like him though. I mean that in a very friendly way. He likes the movie for whatever god awful reason he has. I'm sure it's very up his own ass. Yeah, and it is. Much... It's an important film, and I I think it's art. He it's said art. everything that we just said in an interview, but he says it like. He's really excited to meet Michael Findlay at the end of the interview and just doesn't know that he wasn't just bisected, but he was chopped into a thousand fucking pieces and no longer exists. Yeah, Google Michael Findlay and look up how that guy died. We'll spare you for this episode. All right, from The Art of the Nasty by Mark Morrison, Nigel Wingrove. Snuff. Distributor Astra withdrew this video from release, having made it available for one day only at a trade fair. Subsequent editions had a simplified sleeve, which did not feature Astra's name anywhere. Obviously not a real snuff film. This Argentinian, just because it was shot in Argentina, the filmmakers, um, this is me paraphrasing here and putting my own spin on it. Not really. It was just shot in Argentina. The Finlays are not Argentina. They're not, but I will give a little bit of credence to that because I believe the film was shot mostly Most without of the sound. Were. Yeah, so it's it's half an. It's like calling Club Dread an Argentinian. But it was movie, shot though. for American audiences in Argentina with Argentinian actors by an art like by Americans. Well, I don't even know what audience this was shot for because it almost seems like the original film's kind of like a fucking melodrama mixed with like like slasher aspects but slashers didn't exist at this point so i don't know i don't know what the fucking original movie was going it was to be. shot to make money on fucking 42nd street that's the whole point of it anyway this argentinian effort had remained unreleased for several years until distributor alan shackleton tacked on a new end sequence showing the alleged real killing of the star who was clearly a different girl passed uncut by the BBFC in May of 2003 and screened on Film 4, which is a television station in England. Um, and I did a little bit of research and looked it up. I, I think there might have been, like, the last one I saw sold, sold for, like, 369 pounds, which is crazy to me that people would pay that for a uh, original Astra copy of... VHS copy of this film. I again, though, it's I mean, it's a legendary film, especially in uh, the UK. So yeah, I mean, that's crazy that it's over that amount of money to me, though. Yeah, I have the Blue Underground Blu-ray, as I had mentioned. Is it a Blu-ray? Is it? Is it a Blu-ray? Sorry, <laughs> audio video versions getting interesting here. Uh yeah, it is. It is a Blu-ray. I've and like I said, I've had it for a few years. Blue Underground is just sort of uh, 
to me, it's one of the highest regards. When I say it, I say it with the most trust, with the most faith. You're going to get something, even if they're going to put out the same goddamn version of House by the Cemetery 55 times, it's going to be the best 55 releases of that movie that's ever going to exist. Bill well, Lustig somebody, is just, like, you know. Bill Lustig cares about this shit. He really Truly, does. Yeah. He likes to put his, like, all of his, I mean, he doesn't really make films anymore, but he slaves over releasing pristine like copies of all these like classic grindhouse films. He wants to like preserve every last one of them to get his hands on. He's like a master librarian. He really wants to make sure that these films and a lot of them were influential to him and his art and his work in, in the, the seventies and eighties, because the, the world is obviously changing ever so present, but in the late seventies, well, mid to late seventies to the mid eighties, 42nd Street in New York City was like the filthiest, most beautiful library, most dangerous jungle library on the planet that there would be a hundred theaters and five films playing at each of those hundred theaters like Make Them Die Slowly, Cannibal Holocaust, uh, Snuff, the next movie we're talking about, SS Experiment Camp. You could just spend days going down this line of filth and trash and it's the experience itself has got to be so lucid and almost like just tripping on LSD for days that you could have done nothing but explore this. And the era is so gone and so dead, there's there's no way of getting a reprieve or even getting close to that emotion. And guys like Bill Lustig have been purveying and, and as librarians, cataloging and keeping this filth completely safe for us to finally see when eventually there's not going to be ways to see it anymore. And you've got to give credit to, like, if you had a Blue Underground collection, sure, you could go through 42nd Street, kind of. Um, on, on, a, on a recent video, Nasty episode, it's terrible. I felt terrible about this. We were talking about um, Banana Man and, and Walt from Scorpion releasing, and, and you'd ask me, Walt's doing okay. Scorpion releasing's doing all right, right? And <laughs> he died the day after that episode came out. But these these guys are. Whoops! Uh, yeah, I'm fuck. sorry, everyone. I didn't mean yeah. to bring him up. Jesus, yeah, bad timing. Which it's uh, it's shocking and a shame though, because I mean, no matter what their characters or personalities were like, Walt and Bill and and Banana Man, Bill Lustig, these guys are some of the last true exploitation grindhouse heroes, and it's not so much their involvement in the industry, it's the saving the industry, saving these movies, no matter how awful we can talk about snuff, it is really important that it does exist. It's on Tubi right now, for God's sake. And it's probably more seen now than it ever was, but it's important that these films equally exist in the same world as movies like The Bridge on the River Kwai. We need to have this duality. We need to have Goddard saved, sure. Fellini. That's important. But we also fucking need the Findlays. <laughs> no matter how fucking awful snuff is, we do need it. We have to have balance. It's all art. It all needs to be cataloged methodically. It doesn't need to go away. Although I do find it interesting that, like, Disney just took a tax write-off after pulling, you know, several different things off of their um, streaming service. Spe- like, of which they made a um, sequel TV show to the film Willow, starring Warwick Davis. It was like 10 episodes. It ran. And it's gone. They they like they loaded them all. And if you wanted to watch it, you should have watched it, uh, it like as they went up or, you know, the month after they went up because it's off now. There's there's no hard copies planned to be released or anything. It's just gone. 
Just not up. <laughs> well, even things like Max, have you noticed that there's no more directors? It's just content creators, that the producers, the... Oh, they got sued. I, I don't think it's going to stay that way. Yeah, it's it's well, well, the problem is we're entering this world of cataloging digitally, and this is not going to be a physical media thing. But at the same time, it's a physical media thing that just as you're bringing it up, shit can disappear forever. Sure, the cloud, the server, all this is great, but what happens when that goes down? What happens when technology changes? At this rate in time, there I would I don't know the exact statistics, so I'm gonna pull it out of my ass, but it's something like seventy-five to eighty percent of all silent films have completely disappeared. That they were they were left in vaults, they were left in backlots, there's no original copies, there's just a legacy that Fatty Arbuckle was in this movie, or Charlie Chaplin was in this movie. There are things that are known to exist that are completely lost and gone forever, and that's the equivalent of taking the Mona Lisa and it's just gone. There's a photo of the Mona Lisa, but the motherfucker's gone. London After Midnight, it's a very, very famous horror film where it's, to an extent, it exists. There's a, there's there's brief versions of film that was found in a vault or some horse shit, but regardless, the fucking movie's lost. And when we move into this fucking Blade Runner weird era uh, I just feel like Cronenberg had, had nailed everything with Videodrome of, of this weird dystopic era where everyone's gonna get their five minutes all of that shit's just gonna disappear unless there's some sort of actual physicality of it left and like Bill Lustig um, Grindhouse, Sage Stallone, and Bob Morawski. There were some early people in this game, Quentin Tarantino for that matter too, because Rolling Thunder Pictures, they were a big help with getting the Beyond released for the first time ever pretty much on, on video home releasing. These people are are <laughs> making legacies, but the legacies are, of course, things like snuff. And the back and forth is, is so particularly strange with a film like Snuff because you just... You never want to forget it, but you never want to watch it again once you've seen it. No, like I said, it's all important that it's preserved in one way or another. And if I were you and you like to uh, get digital copies of films, like you go on Vudu and say, yeah, I want to buy that for $17. If there is not a download function where you can download that to a hard drive somewhere, you're a fuck an idiot why are you buying that shit because it's gonna go away voodoo already has had that problem they lost licensing on a lot of films that they sold on their platform they're not allowed to have them on their platform anymore if you had it in your like library gone it just put it got yanked because they don't have the file up anymore when dvds started to first become the new popular way of home releasing people like oliver stone were putting their foot down and refusing to have their movies put on dvd with with it's going to degrade it's not in 10 years it's just going to be a blank disc. I have DVDs from 97 that play flawlessly that play perfectly. Now, I'm not going to say that they're going to last for 40, 50 years, but at least there is some form of it. And as I'm not I hate the term, I'm a physical media collector. I just didn't grow with the time. When I want a movie, I fucking buy it and it it stays in my library. That's just how it works. It's how people did with VHS and things like that. But I do implore you as we've gotten kind of off subject, but while on subject, in the midst of speaking of these films and the importance of them, not not just movies like this, but genuinely, if you enjoy a, a, a an artist's work, especially if it's an indie artist, um, buy the fucking physical copy of the movie. 
spend those extra few bucks and and own what well, even if you just watch it once you still have done more in that process of trying to keep the media alive if people don't buy anymore then major companies are going to go they don't want this and they're going to stop making it like samsung has stopped making blu-ray players they no longer manufacture them if companies stop making players and we're fucked and in general, I mean, this is a weird thing we've gotten onto, but it still fits. We needed filler desperately for this episode, and we've gotten it. <laughs> Very much filler, because the next got film it. is got to be about seven, eight minutes. We'll talk about it. Oh, we never it, got to the part know? where we, uh, why was it banned? Why do you think Snuff was banned in the UK? Is it possibly because the name of it was Snuff? Yeah, and then the uh, it all comes down to the end of the film. That's all that it is. For one, you got violence against women, and he's using pliers. He's using a, there is a big ass Bowie knife, like it's a giant big thing. But there are tools that were used, and the BBFC, no, you could not, you could not use tools. But I think this movie, as of what two thousand and five, you could see completely uncut in the UK. So that's a victory. Yeah, it's almost nothing is like cut at this point. Yeah, like there's some. There's some countries that still have censorship boards that, and some things that aren't allowed in certain countries. But like most of this stuff is like wildly available. And if you, um, if it is censored in your country, there's the fucking internet and there's yeah. torrent sharing and there's all that shit. So nobody is being like kept from watching any of this stuff. So way to go, BBFC! You did nothing. <laughs> it it's a strange argument with censorship that as we've been doing these video nasties i've tried to be very clear on my stance you know i don't i don't believe in censorship but at the same time there's some bizarreties in the movie we're going to discuss next as i said at the beginning of the show i just there are films that involve nazis or involve exploitation and nazis that i can get behind there's a film by Sidney lummett called the pawnbroker i dare say it's a Nazi exploitation film, and it has all the characteristics of something like Love Camp 7. It has all the characteristics of something like SS Experiment Camp, but the film is an absolute treasure. It is uh, brutal with its invocative or with its invocation of uh, PTSD. It's just a, a trance-like film that you fall into that also is accompanied by a gorgeous, gorgeous soundtrack by... Quincy Jones, just it, it, the whole thing is a complimentary piece, and you can look at films that borderline, or as I, I would dare say, are Nazi exploitation films and find some art. On an episode, the last time we discussed a Nazi film, I asked you, what do you think about Schindler's List? Do you think something like that is, is an exploitation film, a Nazi exploitation film, and we had a discourse on it? And I don't want to dismiss any film that could be called a Nazi exploitation film, but nine times out of ten, they fucking suck. They're uh, just exuberant scenes of sex, really shitty, not even good torture. Like, there's nothing, like, some weird hill creature fighting, you know, some weird redneck in the hills torturing you, hills have eyes sort of shit. There's no torture. It's just awful pseudo s and sex, just people rubbing each other, terrible dubs and moaning, and then usually at the end, it's kind of a knockoff of Ilsa the She-Wolf of the SS, and there's a big shootout, they all die, and you're supposed to feel some sort of, I don't know, well, the Nazis are dead, so fuck them. They're, they were bad guys in the first place. But this specific movie, it, it's the, the only thing this movie has is somebody gets one of their balls stolen, and then they go on a murder spree, and a chick gets crucified upside down. What is that, Saint... It doesn't matter, but uh, this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> 
sacrificed too many prisoners experimenting with these they are humans have you considered dr steiner they are against the third reich repeat it to again i swear my allegiance to the supreme ruler our fuhrer say it no out of this whole genre the only ones I really will excuse, and when I say excuse, I don't mean just like, no, let's give these films the benefit of the doubt. But the ones that are like, okay, like Ilsa, Ilsa's kind of so ridiculous that, and kind of so overly sexual and so overly violent that I can kind of excuse that one. I don't excuse a lot of the, like, the Nazi implications, but with the other Elsa films, like they went on to do kind of the same thing, just dropping the Nazi angle. And it's still just kind of like, you know, torture porn type stuff. I can excuse beast and heat a little bit because there is a, like there is a plot there. And again, there is a certain amount of ridiculous, ridiculousness involved in that film. And I'll excuse Bruno Matthias SS girls because that one's audacious in a lot of different ways, not particularly violent, but just audacious. And you had like the bigger budget stuff like salon kitty and stuff like you were talking about with Sydney lament that I can excuse some of these things, but like, this is the kind of like with SS experiment camp, SS love camp, Whatever title this I one's currently SS going by. I think it's SS Love Experiment Camp. And yeah, there's love. a bunch. Like, this one has, like, five, six different titles. Well, the German title is something to the effect of, like, Nasty Camp Commander's Unit Don't or something like that. Don't want to put SS in any title in Germany, trust me. There's laws. But it's just, it's like, okay, we've got the Nazi angle, and other than that, it's really just going to be about like Nazis fucking women. And that is what we are selling and nothing happens. There's no kitsch factor. There's really nothing in the film to, to like gravitate towards. It has like two or three scenes of, I wouldn't call it extreme violence. It's a little bit goofy. You have like a, you know, the dick biting scene. You've got a, like a stabbing. You've got a couple of little torture scenes, but it's so mild in most of it. And it ends up being a bunch of naked women, dudes with their pants on, rubbing around and like pretending to have like, you know, unconsensual uh, uncons- sex. You know, the weird thing with this film is almost. And I, I could be wrong, but almost all the sex is is pretty consensual. Like, there's not a lot of rape in this movie. No one likes each other, but it's not anywhere near as as vulgar with its displays of of rape, sexuality, or not so much sexuality, but sexualism uh, and violence as as all its predecessors. That it's it's just almost fucking tepid the entire way through. It is. It, I mean, it's that's what I mean. It's a very bland bland movie it was even like um on the other hand of that we have like uh, the uh, men behind the sun films like about you know the japanese torturing chinese people during world war ii like those at least have i mean they're not pleasant films to watch but they do have extreme violence there's things in it to keep you somewhat 
watching it or somewhat engaged with it. And this one is just like fucking a really bad episode of Hogan's Heroes with nudity in it. And it just sucks. And I'm just, I'm so tired of them. After going through this list, I'm so tired of having to watch like all of these films again and again and again. Literally, out of all the times I've made the reference, this is the the most Hogan's heroy out of all of them. Where you know, remember that time the Commandant had to get one of its nuts replaced by the other SS officer, and Hogan had to cover for him because the big Führer was coming in. It fucking is ludicrous, and that's stone cold. The only thing that happens in this movie, there is no development of characters, there is no arc. We get from the beginning this Aryan guy. By the way, I think we neglected to bring up, this is an Italian movie. So, bunch of fucking brown-haired, brown-eyed, olive-skinned Nazis that don't look anything like this whole Aryan thing. We've got this guy with bleach-blonde hair who has been having these nightmares throughout the movie, and it accumulates to the end of the film where we finally find out his nightmares are caused by raping a Russian woman. I called her a hooker at the beginning of the movie. I don't I don't I don't think she's a hooker. It's just a Russian woman that he rapes and she bites his fucking balls off and the whole movie is him kind of using this guy. He wants to see who's the biggest stud, who is the best fucker in all of the camp. Finally determines who fucks the best and then steals one of his balls. The guy comes out of this he's the whole movie has been having sex with a Jewish prisoner of war in one of these camps, and he can no longer fuck her. It sends him into an absolute rage where he yells the greatest line of dialogue, How do you like my balls? And then goes on a machine gun rampage, and I love the ending, because he's killed, everyone's killed, and there's no excuses. It ends with, they were all terrible fucking people and they died. But that also renders the entire hour and 20 minutes that you just set through so fucking useless and pointless to watch this is it's rare that i'll say something like this but i think ss experiment camp is a fucking pointless useless movie if you want to be a completionist and see the entire video nasty list that's fine but if anyone has the audacity to say to you well you're not a real exploitation fan if you've not seen this fuck them in their ear go fuck yourself this movie's pointless worthless you're not missing anything if you never saw this movie your entire life, you would you would not be without us. You're probably better off. It's better. Don't fuck this movie. <laughs> and the director isn't like a waste of time. I mean, he didn't do a great deal of work. He's not a, 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 a legendary guy. Sergio Garone, or Sergio Garone, rather. He did um, Django the Bastard and News uh, for Django. He did another one. It might have been Kill Django, Kill... Kill Kill First? Is it Kill Jango Kill First? I think so. Not a lot of pictures. Um, Lover of the Monster, I believe. Only like seven or eight films as a screenwriter. He wrote seven or eight films. More, more, more acknowledged as a spaghetti western director than anything else. This movie is 100% made to cash in on Nazi exploitation sex films that were, were making money. And that's it. And I think really when we talked about Love Camp 7, we said most of what we needed to say about Nazi exploitation genre uh, of just like, I understand the period they came out. I understand why they were important to that period. But at this point in history, do we like, why are we still so like, do we need any of this shit at this point? Because most of them were goddamn terrible. Most of them were just like, basically fetish porn without the uh the penetration so like 
I, I just I don't have it's just not part of like my personality. I just don't care for them. It's just boring, and I I don't understand the obsession that was had with them, especially like later in the the uh, the like in the early '80s and throughout the '90s while they were still so like popular. Because like when I worked at a video store, the bit like the title that made the most money over the years you could look it up in the computer like how much revenue a, a certain video a vhs copy of ilsa she-wolf of the ss because they had paid like a hundred dollars for it and it had grossed like twenty five thousand dollars over the years or something because it rented constantly and i like i don't think it was the nazi angle so much as more of the sex angle on it because there was no adult films allowed in this video store due to the area but at the same time it's just the obsession with it is fucking lunacy to me <laughs> that, that there was this period in time that people were so obsessed with Nazis and we still are apparently, I mean, going through yeah. current American history, but like <laughs> as almost like a, a, a sexual fetish more than anything, the fetishizing, the uniforms, fetishizing the, the, the culture to a certain extent as a, like as a sexual fetish. Well, what, what I find even, even more strange, I guess now is years later, and we're not the first people to say stuff like this. We're not covering new ground. We're we're adding our uh, affirmations and thoughts as as film critics and and horror historians or whatever the fuck we are on Death by DVD. Sure, we're adding our thoughts to it, but it it today is no different than it was in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. That you'll have or to, early two thousands rather too. You'll have staunch supporters who will constantly argue. Well, I like it because of this, this, and this, and I'll stand on a pedestal, I guess. I just don't see any validity in an argument of something that is sexualizing Dachau or Auschwitz. I just fail to see. Sure, there could be some uh, uh, there could be some artistic integrity, something like Salon Kitty or the Sidney Lumet film I was talking about, The Pawnbroker. Now, uh, of course, I'm I'm using the terms exploitation very loosely because that film, The Pawnbroker, is more or less exploiting you and most people's lack of knowledge of the atrocities that were committed during World War II. People understand. They might think they have an understanding, rather, but they don't. And the movie really plays off that. And, and post-traumatic stress is the real thing that's being exploited and how it's it's not always... A victim that uh, I don't know. I'm trying to explain the pawnbroker, and I'm getting too deep into something that's way off subject. <laughs> but my my point of the matter is, I don't want to dis dis in discourse push away that none of these films are good or matter. But in one hand, you'll have people that will fight tooth and nail over how these movies really serviced the industry and they changed things and they broke laws. We're not talking about, like, Kenneth Anger. We're not talking about fucking Andy Warhol experimental art or fucking Goddard or Fellini or, or something like Salo, which really did push boundaries, which really did change art. We're talking about SS Experiment Camp, Love Camp 7. These movies, I, I don't want to say something so half-cocked as, the world would be a better place without them, but it wouldn't have fucking made a difference if they existed or not. It's, it's a weird line of we're not so much exploiting Nazis. Sure, well, it's like watching old kung fu movies. Well, they'll make sure that anyone that's a Manchu has these big, funky, fake teeth, and we're laughing at them, but they're genocidal, awful maniacs. And Nazi exploitation films make light of these guys as almost pleasant, funny characters that just want to fuck. 
And that's, I don't know. There's just something that's not fun about that for me. I, I can't sit and get behind some fuck fest going on at the love camp north of Auschwitz. Like, nah, <laughs> you're pushing it. I, I, I don't know why. I don't know. I just don't know. That's where I'll end it here. I don't fucking know. Watch them. Don't watch them. We're, we're not here to tell you what the fuck to do. We're just talking horror history. I will say this much. If you find sexual gratification from Nazi exploitation films, like if you really find some of the like things that, that are in them like sexy in any way, go to therapy. Hey, there go to therapy because you obviously yep. have a fetish you haven't completely dealt with yet or understand. So talk this out because Something's wrong. it ain't healthy. It's yep. just not. Yeah, it's not even a matter of kink shaming. There's just something that I think is... People have too much of an enjoyment with the power struggle. You know, well, it's not bad. It really didn't happen. I mean, it's just actors playing Nazis. I, I don't care. I mean, and... Yeah, but you're kind of getting off on the fact that they are dressed as Nazis. That's the part of... The thing, the things that people will pile up of why these movies are good tend to just be like in a lot. Like, do you own guns? Are you also like stockpiling AK-47s at the same time while you jerk off to this copy of Eels Will She Wolf of the SS? And of course, that's not true with everyone. But I, it, it, I, I don't want to dismiss an entire genre, but it, that's kind of what I'm doing here. I have no regard. I can't re- regale or reveal at whatsoever any of these films. Um. There, there are art films, and I don't know what changes. I don't know what makes the because there are exploitation and trash and porn Having films point, that I think is art. Like but. when you're talking about historical context of World War II or Nazis, you can make a good film about that. You can ma- even make like an interesting action film. Hell, even Tarantino, like with fucking Inglorious Bastards, made like an exploitation film that it. can be fun, but it also vilifies the Nazis. These, like they kind of vilify them somewhat but also like the whole point of why we're here is to kind of get off on the fact that nazis are torturing naked women and that's what i find that's what they find sexy about it that's the end of ss experiment camp that it 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 attempts to pontius pilot style wash its hands of the situation by killing they always do yeah like we killed the lead character so everyone's dead doesn't that make like no you still made this whole whole thing about this guy trying to get revenge over one of his fucking balls being stolen and i'll give the goddamn movie credit i swear if you did like Really, a couple rewrites and some mainstream big actors. You get somebody like fucking Steve Martin, uh, Richard Pryor, and Martin Short. Let's all those three made this movie in 1985. It would have been hysterical that these Nazi officers are trying to find someone to get their testicles so they can fuck again because they have to find. And that's the point. I mean, the movie literally is this guy watches another guy fuck for days to find out if he's going to have balls that will bust a nut satisfyingly enough for Herr Commandant. That's the movie. It would have been hysterical if you put Bill Murray in this. It would have been great. (laughs) I got nothing else to say about this fucker, do you? Because I just, I'm done with this genre completely. I think we are for now, unless we do the section two list. (laughs) <laughs> coming soon All to right. a patreon near you let's read this fucker from the the book ss experiment camp although go video decided to pre-cut their release of cannibal holocaust they obviously thought this one was okay to release uncut rumors persist of a video shop in cambridge 
doing a promotion for this title by featuring a window display of dummies dressed up in full Nazi attire. Passed uncut in August of 2005. Jesus. And um, I looked it up. There are different copies for sale. One sold for like $369. There's a one available right now that's like the current bidding is like 67 pounds. And there's one available that's 800 pounds, but it's a damn near mint copy that's never been watched. It does have video store stickers on it, but it never actually got rented or played. Wow. So if you'd like a near mint copy of it, get ready to fork over 800 pounds for it. And it's the, uh, I guess it's the um, Go. Yes, video label Go. And I can already tell you why it got banned because the BBFC already said why it got banned. It was the cover. They didn't even know what the fucking movie was about. The cover is lurid because it has a naked, upside-down woman crucified and with a swastika hanging off of her hand and a vaguely Chinese Nazi in the background. I'm still not sure who this character is supposed to be because he sure as fuck isn't in the movie. Yeah, for the video version, haha, I get to plug it again. You can watch the exclusive video version of this episode on Patreon, patreon.com slash deathbydvd, or head to our website, deathbydvd.com, and go to the Patreon page. It's self-explanatory after that point. I got the 88 films release of this. Not been released in the United States. There's no no one has put this movie out. No yet. one cares. Yeah, and there's no <laughs> surprise supplement features. There is an alternative end to this film that was available on the disc where everyone just dies much faster. And I, I already have made that comment. I like the end because at least everybody fucking dies. Uh, I, I it, it's a weird one. I, this is really I, even going back to like 2009 in our history of death by DVD. There's a lot of movies I've I've shit on. There's a lot of people I don't like. There's a lot of artists I straight up have, I would say, some hate for. And this is probably the first time that I would just completely disregard a movie. Fuck this movie. It means nothing at all to anyone. There, It didn't break any rules. It didn't do anything transgressive. It didn't push boundaries. It didn't push buttons. It's just bottom of the barrel cheap fucking pseudo porn exploitation and I mean I've made my life out of exploitation I, I hold that genre and the term itself in the highest of regards exploitation films fuel me and, and I mean H.G. Lewis and Roger Corman are probably the biggest gods I'll ever know next to people like John Waters and Kenneth Anger there's a lot of weirdos out there that have made me who I am so I feel kind of cheap saying something like this, but legitimately, fuck this movie. It's just, it's a fucking waste of time. There's nothing you learn. You're not going to be a better person. You're not going to see some... It's not even like any guinea pigs that are supposed to be rats. There's no like locked up naked man who's like some kind of ape person. Like at least there's some like kitsch factor in that. At least like Diane Thorne had giant tits and is like <laughs> obviously not German. But this is just like fucking lame. It's just long and arduous boring shit. And the the one gratifying scene of this movie is the cool upside down crucifixion and then when you see the movie it's not that cool. It's just a chick chide upside down they, they don't do anything with it. There's nothing exceptional. There's nothing that even gives the movie a little bit of chutzpah that you could defend it for. It's so bland and undeserving of even being a video nasty. It's ridiculous. Um, there's that Udo Kier film 
I can't remember what that one was called. Terribly boring movie, and we had this back and forth discussing of why it should have been on the. It's just such a boring, uh, emotionless oh, uh, movie. House God, on Straw is Hill. It, is it expose? Was it uh, House on Straw Hill expose? I think it might be yeah. the same one, right? Yeah, two two completely yeah. different names. Same, it's yeah. same movie, did two different titles. But I mean, it's 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 like so unoffensive, and on the same hand of a movie like that. There's some good performances. There's a little bit of creep factor. It's not a terrible film. It's not a waste of time, but it by no means deserved to be on the video nasty list. This movie is a complete waste of time. Shouldn't have ever. The fact that it was banned, and we've brought this up with many other films, this is the, the only fact that it was banned movie. is what made this movie any yes. money at all. Exactly. Not I, I, and who knows how much money it actually made. But the the reason that assholes like us are still talking about it. Is specifically this list. By no other means do I do I feel anybody would would find this film and go. You know what? This needs to be on a fucking podcast. We need to talk about the people that made this movie and 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 the history. And as we spoke with Snuff, I can be greatly appreciative that this movie has been uh, put onto disc. That that you can own it. That you can buy it. That it is preserved. But at the same time, fuck this movie. I have. I never. Yeah, I, I've it never. It wouldn't even be again. like mentioned. It would be like probably the negative. It would have rotted out um, in Italy somewhere in some vault, and no one would have given a shit about it, and it would have just disappeared. But the UK had to ban it and give it some kind of cultural significance, and now it's still around. And I, I had to watch this fucking thing because of this <laughs> goddamn shit. Like that's like that's what's so fucked when you censor like especially film and that in this way is it makes it more relevant like something as we've talked about several times is like a serbian film if serbian film didn't like start such a like commotion when it came out it would have disappeared because the movie is frankly pretty shitty it's just like i'm just not a like fan of it but it does controversial topics you're never gonna believe what happens in it Okay, well, all these things happen. Movie still sucks. Yeah, but now it's going to be remembered forever because of just being controversial. I try so deeply to look at everything, but fuck, man. SS Experiment Camp is so bland, so boring, so broken. It has no connection aside from the one thing that might have made this more interesting if is maybe like cock fuck actually like make it a porn if this maybe was a porn, he lost both his balls it would be more entertaining uh, yeah a butthole transplant something else most of the movie is spent with this character that's interjected halfway through who is a jewish doctor they give a new identity to to experiment on women and they're trying to put two ovaries into women so they can breed more Aryans at the same time and then 45 minutes into the movie it's like I need a new nut a Russian bit mine off I need another one I, I care to fuck I'd like to fuck and I, I don't know like fuck if Club Dread uh, or if Broken Lizard had made this movie maybe it would have been funny maybe I would be talking a completely different story but there <laughs> is stretching it I, there's just nothing. I mean, I don't know. Anybody could have done this. Any, any. If you changed the subject matter, that one guy got his balls bitten off and needs a testicle to fuck again and tricks one of his friends, this could be The Hangover Part 4. Like, you could really remake this movie into a hysterical film. But, but the pretense of it being 
in a concentration camp and the characters are all Nazis. It's just something that, because it sounds hysterical. The movie sounds like the funniest thing you've never seen, and there is not one funny fucking scene the entire way through. It's quite unfortunate. I mean, the the whole experience is quite unfortunate. It's bad. Yes, uh, considerably fucking bad. That's it. It's just bad. It's a bad movie. Yeah. Fuck it. If you would like to experience at least a somewhat reasonable film from this director, news for Django, Django the Bastard, Kill Django, First Kill. It was First Kill 1971. He also did Terrible Day of the Big Gun Down. Some great Western... Uh, he worked with Franco films. Nero? Oh, no, he didn't do those Django's. Oh, he yeah. had nothing to do with the good Django's. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's the guy that did The Great Silence. Uh, nope, he did those other Django films. But uh, he he has made movies that were, were a little bit better. But he's not a gun. He's not somebody that has some great background like Lucio Fulci, just a guy that made some films. And I'm pretty sure he's dead. Pretty sure he's dead. Uh, probably. At, at, at that age, yeah. Or he could be 90 in Italy right now going, why does everybody hate my movie? Well, I think we might have managed to get through the roughest past of the Video Nasties A through Z with Death by DVD. And there's been a lot of rough ones. I think the expose episode, we also did know that was Evil Speaking Expose. We did Faces of Death and Fight for Your Life on one episode. Mardi Gras Massacre went in a walk in the park, let me tell you. There's been some challenges, but this, this really takes the cake because neither of the films, one at least, there's a history and we were allowed to get really nerdy and have some horror history fun and delve into exploitation heroes, 42nd Street heroes. And then we had SS Experiment Camp. The, the sad thing is that we're reaching the end of the video nasty list. There are 39 films on the first section list. So, for now... This is kind of our end. We'll be back in a couple months. We don't want to rush the ending for the Video Nasties A through Z with Death by DVD, but we've got two really strange films paired to paired together, Tenebrae and The Werewolf and the Yeti. And then unfortunately, God. yeah, that's it's going to be such a weird episode. We'll talk for 45 minutes. <laughs> and then we're just going to jump into some Paul Nashy where it's not even a Paul Nashy movie. He's just in it. It's not one of his yeah. Count Waldemar films. And then we have one final video nasty left. One, if I may dare say, of the greatest exploitation horror films of all time, one of the greatest genre films of all time, made by one of the greatest masters of the genre. I love the movie. We're going to do it up. We're going to do it big. We're going to do it long, hard, fast. It's an episode that needs to be played loud. But I guess that's the end. Shit. <laughs> yeah, that's the final statement. I don't have any more hate that I can muster for SS Experiment Camp. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so tired. I, I never want to watch this movie again, and now I own it for the rest of my life. I'm kind of done with rape fetish, like, fucking 
like like or like non hardcore shit. I'm just I I have no enjoyment out of it, and I'm tired of watching it. Well, I think that brings us to an end of another installment of the Video Nasties A through Z with Death by DVD. Catch catch the horror taxi. Fall in love with a video nasty. We will return sometime soon with something new. The ashtray is full and the bottle is empty. Be pleasant. DVD is recorded in front of a dead studio audience.